Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of the Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we go deep with Brian Bajan, who is coach and founder of The Fearless Man. And we are going to dive into the power of letting all women go. We're going to talk about sub-communication, like speaking from internally inside you, what your body and your tonality and the way that you present yourself is saying to women and how to actually alter that, which is pretty phenomenal. And we're also going to talk about how to not let rejection really bother you. And I'm speaking about this in like very like loosey-goosey terms that you've heard before. But actually what we talk about on this podcast is way deeper and it will actually click for you. If you are struggling with being the nice guy, if you're struggling with not feeling empowered in your life in general, then this podcast is something that will really benefit you. So keep listening. Welcome back to your favorite podcast, the Ask Women podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Kristen Carney, along with your other host, Marnie Kinris. And today we have Brian Bajan, who is the coach and founder of The Fearless Man. And what I'm super excited to talk about today, as I'm sure Marnie is and Brian is, is why the nice guy always gets rejected and how to not get rejected anymore. So Brian, thanks for hanging out with us. Yes. Hi, Brian. Awesome. Uh, welcome. It's good to be here. Yes. It's been so long, Marnie, since we've actually done something together. So it's, it's incredible to finally do something again. I want to give a little bit of background because we actually had Robbie on the show, I guess like three months ago. So I gave this story before, so I'll make it really quick the second time around. But Brian and Robbie, who you would have heard, I guess, three months ago on the podcast, we're partners and two of the first men that I met within the, I'm going to label it as a pickup artist community because that's what it was in the past and who actually were teaching really great stuff to guys. They weren't teaching routines and how to objectify women and just lines that you could say that would make a woman insecure and feel manipulated to actually do anything with you. These guys were actually teaching guys how to be men. And I absolutely love that. And they were so kind and gracious to me. They invited me to come speak at one of their events and I totally screwed up and I sat on the floor and I like fucked up completely, but they coached me afterwards and told me how I can speak to guys better. Anyway, they were my introduction into the good side of the world that is helping men become better men. And Brian and I actually haven't talked to each other. Well, we have recently, but hadn't talked to each other in probably 10 years, but he is still going strong and doing amazing work with and for men. 
I would love for you to tell our audience just a little bit about you and maybe a little bit about your path to getting to where you are now and why you're so good at what you do. Well, awesome. Thank you. It was a long journey. I grew up in a very tumultuous household, bipolar, sociopathic, criminal father. He was the sociopath. We had the FBI following us. And oh my God. We yeah, literally go out the door and there'd be a car sitting there <gasps> in the morning from the stuff he was doing. He was hijacking trucks and supposedly I never saw any of this, but so it was pretty, pretty wild little household. Mom would yell and scream all the time and then she'd go lock herself in a room and and I just grew up with massive amounts of fear. Hence the company's name, The Fearless Man. I was terrified of everything. I was terrified of women because the women in my in my life were always yelling at me. Yeah. The men were always shut down and numbed out. And so when I grew up, I realized I really needed a big change in this area. And I kind of indirectly dedicated my life to personal growth. I didn't know I was going to do that. I started reading every book I could find in the personal growth section. I still remember the first book I picked up, a book called Feeling Good by a guy named Burns. And the one thing I remember his story about having a, he had a story about having halitosis when he went on a date and the woman wouldn't call him back. So he finally called her and said, because he, somebody told him, they said, you gotta, you gotta ask these women why they're not going out with you again, because they keep rejecting him. So he called this woman back and said, you know, what's the deal with my, uh, why are you not wanting to go out with me again? It seems like we had a good date. And she said, well, when I kissed you, your breath smelled really bad. And he thought, oh my God, that's probably been happening with every woman. And yeah. he went to the dentist, went on another date with her and done marrying her. And I, no. thought that was a, I think that's a great story. That's, that's the that. one story that stood out from that book that I really loved. I love it. But yeah, that was my journey. I was reading everything I could and I was taking in as much information as I could. And especially on dating, because I was terrified of women. Uh, I felt like women ran the other way when I came towards them. I didn't totally understand what that was about. And I realized later that through all the abuse, through the sense of personal abandonment and emotional abandonment, that I had an extreme case of the nice guy syndrome. I was constantly trying to get rid of all the tension, calm everybody. So I felt safe. That's what I was doing for my mother all day. When I was a child, I was constantly trying to calm her. I became, in a sense, her, her therapist, I guess you could say. And so when I went on dates with women, I was always trying to get rid of the tension, calm everything, keep it calm as possible. And then there was no excitement. There was no fun. There was no turn on. There was no adventure. There was just me saying, if I'm really careful to make everybody comfortable, they're going to like me. And in reality, my life was going nowhere. Well, it was going somewhere. You were just pleasing everybody. That's the direction that it was yeah. going in and not a direction that you wanted. Well, the somewhere it was going was very little results or very little change. You know, it was just, it was on the same path. It was always on this simple going nowhere, nothing happening kind of path. Do you remember like when you were doing these things, did it feel like a negative to you? Like when you were trying to soothe somebody or not rock the boat, how did it feel in that moment for you? If I look back, there was always a lot of fear running. Yeah, you could say I'm trying to make her happy so I feel safe. But in reality, I'm trying to get rid of the fear. If I can calm the whole situation, if I feel any tension building, this is why I love the term tension. If I feel any tension building in the environment, if I can just soothe that tension and calm it down, I feel safe again. The moment I feel safe, I'm like, oh, okay, she's not going to yell at me. Nothing bad's going to happen. And I think I was going through that all the time, not just with her, but with everything. When I applied for a job, if the job had any sales in it, oh my God, I could upset somebody. If they wanted me to do any management, oh my God, I could upset somebody. If I had to fire somebody because I was a manager, oh my God. So my whole life became about managing fear. And managing that fear was was basically killing me. 
Then I started to get really gut sick and I started to get really, I had lots of autoimmune disorders. Me too. I couldn't eat a lot of foods. I had the same thing. I have a very similar background to you. Not necessarily the parents, but that fear, that anxiety. Yeah, that resonates 100%. And gut is all about repressed anger. So we have all this anger as nice guys, nice girls, because nice, same thing comes up and you don't process the anger. You don't deal with the anger. You don't let it out. You just keep pushing it back down into your stomach, which is your instinctual brain. And if you look up gut as a second brain on the internet, you can learn a lot about this. It's a very powerful brain. And it starts to tear it apart. It starts to have all kinds of problems. It's literally holding all that anger that you've been pushing back and just saying, I'm not going to get mad. I'm going to be nice. I'm not going to say anything mean. I'm going to be nice. I'm not going to put a boundary up here. I'm going to be nice. And then you pay the price. You pay the price through the way you feel in your body and then eventually you start getting sick. So how did you change this? Like, how did you... I mean, obviously that's part of your coaching is teaching people how to actually change this. But what was your first step for altering this so that you weren't wreaking havoc on your stomach and your state of mind? How did you change things? It was a lot of things, to be honest. But the first step was I started reading like crazy. And I learned all these amazing techniques for changing and none of them worked on me. That was the first step was this realization that all these great programs, this is why I knew the pickup artistry BS wasn't going to work because all these other books before that would give me a technique and I'd go apply it. Wouldn't work for me. I'd give it to somebody else. I'd say, I'd I'd be at work and I'd say, hey, check this thing out. They'd go do it. Their life would change. They'd come back. They'd say, oh my God, that was amazing. I would say, okay, let me try it again. Still didn't work. And It wasn't until, and I kept doing this, and I I would say I grew a little bit. It was very slow, very painful, notching up, terrified of the world, and struggling. And then something interesting happened. I met this guy named Rob, and Rob was a salesman, and he was killing it. He was, in my mind, he was killing it. He was making about $15,000 a month. And then I watched Rob go from $15,000 a month to $100,000 a month, starting his own business in 91 or 92 days. Amazing. And I was like, how the hell did you do that? And he said, oh, you got to go meet this guy, Carl. And so I went to take some programs from Carl. I began to go learn from Carl. And Carl became my mentor for four years. And Carl taught me the power of, and this is, I really, and here's the irony of it all. Carl taught me the power of embodiment. Like, I was always in my head, thinking, analyzing, trying to do it from here. And he said, you're so in your head, you're above your head. You're you're not a guy that's in his head. You're out of your body. You don't even want to feel your body. You have no access to your emotions because you're always running from them. And we got to get you to feel your emotions. So he started to teach me these principles of embodiment, learning to feel my body, learning to relate to my emotions, which I'm going to be honest, work. It was extremely painful period of my life. Of course. Because I was not feeling my body because of all the pain I'd stored down in it over the years of not standing up for myself. And Carl completely changed the way I taught men. Because of Carl's work, I started, instead of teaching men techniques, I started teaching them embodiment. I started teaching them vibration, energy, feeling, subcommunication. I started teaching them principles that, and I said, it's really not about what you say at all. You can say all the wrong stuff, but if your subcommunication is solid, your subcommunication is solid. And that doesn't, and your subcommunication isn't even the trick. Your subcommunication is driven by the emotional state deep down in your body, what you're feeling before the subcommunication even happens. And so that's that's what Carl really showed me. And the funny part was that Carl was mainly gay. Mainly gay? <laughs> mainly gay. I'd say that because he said he's... he's like partially gay, partially... <laughs> well, he's, he said he was mostly gay, a little bisexual. Occasionally he saw okay. a woman he liked. 
that was his thing. So I said, okay, you know, I'll go with what you say. Yeah. But he was brilliant. He was a brilliant teacher. God bless his soul. He passed away a few years ago. But I've really taken that as the basis of everything I do, getting people into feeling, getting them in touch with their body, learning to communicate from feeling, from their body, from their emotions, from their turn on and not from their head. I love everything that you're saying. Can you actually give the guys who are listening, is there like a mini exercise you could give them about how to get into their body? Because I know that everybody listening has many situations where they're probably above their head as well, like thinking outside of their brain. So maybe if you could give something a first, how to notice when you're doing that, and then maybe a little tool or exercise that they could use to sort of begin feeling what you are talking about? One of the biggest indicators is frustration. Okay. If you are feeling frustration, you're probably in your head. That means you're in the future a little bit. You're, you're trying to make something happen. You're thinking about how to make it happen. And uh, you're in wanting. You know, you don't want to be in wanting. I don't want to walk up and say hi to a beautiful woman from wanting. You know, I don't, even if I've been with her for, for years and we're in a deep relationship, I don't want to be sitting there stuck in wanting with her. I want to be with her. I want to be in the moment with her. And that wanting causes you to lean and causes people. Let's not even use women as an example in dating. A salesman walks up to you at the mall. The guys, you've all had this happen. And they come over to you and they're like, hi. And you can feel that lean in of energy, right? Yeah. And you're and like, you can oh. feel that. Hey, I got this thing for you. And you immediately, you're saying no, no, no. You haven't even hearing what they're saying. You don't know why they're there. But now let's say somebody else walks up to you at the mall. And they're just asking the time or the directions. You don't feel any wanting. They're just, hey, do you know where a Starbucks is? Oh, immediately you open up, you start talking to them. How did you know as the salesman was coming over that something was off? You could feel it. I was in the W Hotel in Westwood one time and these two women came in, really beautiful women, but immediately all the guys put up their guards and they were just coming over to the guys and they were pushing and pulling. And, and it turned out they were both escorts and the guys felt it from 10 feet away. We were all like, oh, Stay away from them. There's something off with them. So it happens to you too, men. If you really pay attention, you'll start to notice that a lot of women are rejecting you, not because of who you are, but because of who you're being when you walk up, that wanting, chasing energy. And that's usually frustration. There's neediness. And you can feel that in your body. You want to learn to identify that. And so the first thing I do to get into my body, I think the book, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle is a great book for understanding this is start practicing feeling your body. Like right now, just feel your feet on the ground. Feel the bottom of your feet. Notice if there's any tension there. Ask it to relax. Don't even try to make it relax. Just ask it. And don't use your mind to try to do anything. Be aware of what you're feeling and then let that feeling come to your awareness. Don't you chase the awareness. You let it come to you. Same thing with your legs. Feel your legs and then just ask your legs to relax a little bit. They don't even have to relax a lot. Feel your torso, you know, and if you go through the whole body like this, you can actually start to learn to explore your body and learn to relax more and more, particularly the heart. The heart is really important for communication. Don't think of it as this woo-woo thing. Think of it as this, almost every guy that comes in that's a nice guy has some type of guarding or numbing right here. They tighten up, they pull up, they're up here, they're like, hi, um, my name's Brian, how are you? Um, I just, just wanted to say hi, or they get really forceful. Hi, I'm Brian, what's your name? Where are you from? And this is guarded. And do you feel a difference when I do that? Yeah, for sure. There's like a little push or a little bit of a nervous pullback. And if you learn to relax, relax literally, if you just notice your jaw, ask your jaw to relax, your throat, 
and even the front of the face, really. And then the upper chest and ultimately the chest. It's just little nerve endings, get a little endorphin response there. Think of it as chemicals just kind of pumping into that part of your body. And then imagine a little window just cracks open. Don't even try to force it open as much as it wants to open. And then just notice what that feels like and just relax into it and start taking things in. Don't even start with women. Take in a painting that's beautiful to you. Take in flowers. Take in the sunset, the sunrise. And the reason I tell you to do this is to take it in and let it affect you emotionally is so that you can practice being emotionally affected by things, being real, being in the moment. Then when you're getting comfortable with that, then start doing it with people, not the women you want to date yet, because if you're not good at this yet, start with the barista at the coffee shop, asking somebody the time and taking them in for a minute. Because people can judge you. A painting won't judge you. The sunset won't judge you. And so the guard comes back up really fast. It like pops back up when you look into somebody else's eyes. So you got to kind of build your way up and get used to seeing people. But then pretty soon you can just relax, open your heart, take somebody in and then access curiosity. You can be like, you know, so hi, I just wanted to meet you and be genuinely curious. But with your heart's closed, you cannot access that genuine curiosity, that genuine appreciation. And that's the hard part. So hopefully that answered your question. It's a little long-winded. No, it does answer my question. And I, I for some guys who are listening, they might be like, wait, what? What am I... It was very clear on what you're saying, but I could actually feel what you were talking about. Because as soon as you start to focus, it's pushing some of it outwards instead of always being like inside. That's where I was with my anxiety. I was constantly thinking about how I was holding myself, how I was talking, what I was saying, what I'm going to say next. But when you start to look at things outside of you, it lets all of that calm down. I don't really know what that is, whether it's your nervous system or just like your internal thought process, whatever it is, that calms down. And literally saying to yourself, look outwards, look outwards, listen to what they're saying. See how pretty that picture is. It takes you off of you and puts you into the outside world so that things can calm and you can actually take things in, which I think makes perfect sense. And like right away, even when I'm saying that out loud, I can feel myself getting more calm. Well, let's do a little exercise. This will be fun. I call it the conduit. Okay. So the prefrontal cortex, if you're more hippy dippy, you could say the sixth chakra. Okay. That has the ability to focus on something or to go so wide, everything is really numbed out. So if you pick any object in the room and you look at it and you hyper-focus on it, you'll feel a push. I'm looking at a painting right now and I'm pushing at it. Or if I go really wide, it almost becomes part of the whole space and it's just numbed out in the space a little bit. Yeah. Do you feel that that two difference? Yeah. So now pick an object and calibrate. Go in and out until you find a sweet spot where you can really connect with, in my case, this painting. And then I can relax enough to create what I call the conduit, an open space. Like if I got a pose or going right to that painting, and then I can let the colors, the feelings, the vibrations come to me. Then I can open my heart a little bit and I can let that feeling go down into my heart and I can have an emotional reaction to it. And that's what people are so bad at. I had something in the past, I was really numbed out, my teacher would say, and he didn't know what to do at first. He did a little work, he figured it out, but I was literally like, like this all the time. I was, I'd walk around like this. Hey, how you doing? And people wouldn't respond to me well because you could see how wide I was. And so I had to learn to focus in. The second step was I had to learn to let myself be emotionally affected by what I was looking at. Now, if I walk up to somebody and say, hi, and I'm not emotionally affected by them, I'm like, let's say I'm in my head and I walk over to you and I'm like, hi, how you doing? My name's Brian. What's yours? 
and start joking with you, start teasing you, but I'm still not being emotionally affected. I'm just rambling away. That's no good. Or if I'm numbed out and I walk up and I'm like, hey, how you doing? What's your name? You're going to think I'm stoned. Right. Right. So, so learning to walk up and relax and feel somebody, like if I'm looking at the camera now and I start to let them affect me and then I'm curious and I speak from that curiosity, you know, I just wanted to meet you. What's your name? And I start to open up a little bit more. You're going to get much better responses. Oh, totally. I can feel the difference. Actually, let me ask you a question. Okay, so both of us came from the background of the pickup artist community, right? I'm not saying that that's who you were or who I was, but that is the world that we were a part of for a very long time. Why did that stuff work so well? Because like, here's the thing. I see so many guys who definitely are not, you know, at one with their body, not really sincere, authentic guys who do really, really well with women. They have one night stands, they're, you know, not mainly gay. They're mainly heterosexual and having a fun time with women. Like, why are they able to do it? Like, what is the difference between the two? That's a simple answer. I thought about this a lot because when I created the business with Robbie, uh, this is just like a to kind of to preface it. I was getting the worst of the worst. I was the worst of the worst. I was super apathetic. I was super depressed. I was super needy. And I hated it. And I started drawing all the, and I was working to get out of that. And I was climbing out of that. And so I started drawing all these needy, nice guy clients that are really like struggling. And so we didn't draw these guys that were almost there. And what I began to realize was there's many classes of men out there, women too, but some of them are in what we call apathy. The lowest end of the emotional scale would be apathy, grief, and fear. So all forms of fear, all forms of grief, they're struggling, they're in pain, they're hurting. And they come to me and they're just like, somebody save me, somebody help me. You teach them pickup artistry stuff like lines and routines, it's not going to really work. Unless maybe on occasion they'll get a, something will work when they're drunk and not expecting it and they try something and it's really just luck of the draw. And, but for the most part, it doesn't work. But you get these other guys and these guys that come in the door that are primarily in, um, wanting, chasing, anger, pride. And they're already in there. They just don't know what to do. And you give them a few lines, routines, and, and it, it starts working because they're higher up in relate. They're closer to the ability to have an effect. So when I'm in anger and I get proactive with my anger, fuck it, I'm going to fucking make this work. Suddenly I show up and a woman goes, oh, there's a man here today. I'm in pride. Fuck it. I'm going to win. You're not taking me out. This is the way it goes. I'm going to beat that guy. You know, there's a competition in pride and pride seems like anger too. And guys that are comfortable in that space of being, yeah, pickup artistry stuff will work. It won't seem satisfying in the end. In the end, they'll be like, okay, now what do I do? I, I woke up the next day feeling like shit and the, and the girl left. And, or I... Or I don't know what to do next. Yeah. You know, I can't seem to fall in love. I want to get love now, but none of these girls will, will fall in love with me. Or it just gets old fast. Or, and I see this a lot. I see this a lot with guys that got dating coaches that got really good at getting girls suddenly become hermits. Mm -hmm. They get really good at meeting girls and then now they don't want to leave the house. Now they don't want to go out because they burned out. They got girls. They didn't feel any different. They felt exactly the same. They realized that having sex didn't change how they felt about themselves. And now they just, they just kind of give up. You see that with guys with money too. Make a bunch of money and then they're just like, now what do I, yeah. Oh, totally. I would say most people. It's all the same. It's all common. It's, it's not just dating and relationships. Yeah. It's every area of life. I want to take a quick break so that these lovely men can hear from some of our sponsors that allow us 
to keep doing this podcast. And then we'll talk some more about why the nice guy gets rejected so much, which we kind of talked about, and the power of letting all women go. So we will be back with Brian Bajan, coach and founder of The Fearless Man, right after this. Oh my God, Athletic Greens is where it's at. I have been taking multivitamins. I have those long packs where it looks like you have a million drugs you take and you put in each like pill or supplement, in my case supplements and maybe a couple pills, into the case and you have to take all of them and they taste gross and blah, blah, blah. Athletic Greens is basically your new vitamin regimen in a packet. You just put it in a cup and you drink it in the morning. It's not going to make your stomach feel off from taking all of these pills on an empty stomach if you're not a breakfast eater. It is the way to go. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs for your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash askwomen. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash askwomen to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey, all you betting online fans, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. It's going to be exciting. Use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50, that's 50, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you listen to the Ask Women podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, there's one missing piece in the puzzle, and that's flirting, or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag. But as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic approach to flirting with any girl you like. This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work like magic. Yes, magic. You just apply the formula and see results instantly and it's that powerful. To find out everything about this flirting formula, all you have to do is go to winggirlmethod.com slash flirty. I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about. Go to winggirlmethod slash flirty and you'll find out all about it.
So now that we're heading out of cuffing season, which is that season where women want the guy to keep them warm at night so they're a little bit more easygoing or flexible on who they'll date, you're going to need to step up your game. And part of stepping up your game is stepping up your banter game. So many times guys lose out on girls because they don't know how to be fun, witty, engaging, clever, while also being down to earth and creating a real connection. So if you don't want to lose out on the chick because you don't know how to communicate and you're just boring and flat, then take a couple banter sessions with me. I promise you, your dates will go through the roof. Not just because you're throwing them up there because you're so muscular, but the actual number count is going to go up, I promise. So go to kristenandchill.com, scroll down, click banter, and choose your package to get those banter skills in shape where this summer it's going to be a lot easier for you to get the girl. And if you email me at kristenandchill.com, I may even send you a discount code so you can get these world-class skills at a discounted price. That's kristenandchill.com. All right, we are back. We have lost Kristen. She is gone, but she will be back (laughs) next time, hopefully, and hopefully her mic works a bit better. Or maybe she'll pop back in on this episode. I do not know. But Brian, I love everything that you were sharing in the first half of this show. And obviously, it leans into the topics that you wanted to discuss for this show. But I really wanted to talk about the power of letting all women go. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, it sounds very red pill, but it's not. Yeah. I did a video on YouTube on it and it just got hits galore. And the topic is very, very simple. It's a releasing topic. We call it the revealing process that it's about teaching. See, I had no emotional intelligence. I had no ability to relate to my emotions. I didn't understand emotions yet. I was completely down in depression, apathy, grief, and fear all the time. I was miserable. So I had to develop emotional intelligence. And that's what my mentor taught me, you know, and this is how to learn to relate to my emotions, but then also not to become a victim to them, you know, because that's the next, a lot of guys start to feel their emotions and now they're all, oh, I don't know what to do. So that process had to be developed. And so I, earlier I started to allude to this apathy, grief, fear, lust, anger, pride, courage, acceptance, love, peace. This is heaviest to lightest in, in the emotional scale. Apathy being the heaviest, depression, sadness, grief, neediness, please save me, fear, anxiety, doubt, worry, wanting, lusting, cravings, the next phase, and then it goes up to anger, pride. And each step up gives you a sense of more power in the world and has a reactive side and a proactive side. And so you got courage, acceptance, love, peace. Well, in the art of letting all women go, the simple principle is that most men that come to me, at least, that work with me, are very attached to having a woman in their life. They're so attached, they obsess, that they they hover, they chase, they're in that neediness, they're in that, oh, do you like me? And they, they're constantly leaning in. And so one of the things I'm always teaching men to do is to let, to use this emotional, to notice where they're at emotionally in relationship to women, especially in that wanting category, wanting, chasing, needing, and learn to let it go. Learn to, to let go of all the wanting, all the needing of a woman and to get your sense of purpose from something else and to learn to date yourself for a bit, to fall in love with yourself, to learn to have fun with your guy friends, to go out and learn to be a powerful man in the world, whether that's I want to go skiing and snowboarding. I did that. I did a whole trip by myself to learn to be with myself up in the woods, hiking, skiing, snowboarding, and really develop this sense that I don't need you. I want to invite you into a life that's already working. If I have a life that's got fun in it, joy in it, 
I go out and have a good time and I invite you into that and say, hey, I'm going here this weekend. Do you want to join me? That's very different than, hey, I'm really lonely. And even if you don't say this, you hide it, they can feel it. I'm really lonely. Let's hang out. What are you doing this weekend? What are you doing tomorrow? And that neediness comes across through your subcommunication, through your vocal tone, through your eye contact. So you can pretend you've got a life. But even if you pretend you've got a life, it still comes across. It's still felt by people. And so learning to let them go and learning to get a source of validation from somewhere else and then having them complement an already successful life is a huge, and I know that's no small task, but when you do it, it's so rewarding and makes you so much happier. How long did it take you to feel the reward of this? Because like, is it, I have to do this for three months and I have to dedicate actual three months to this? Or is it, I can do this slowly over the course of a year? Like, how does a guy go to do this? And how does he not transfer those neediness feelings to the neediness of having hobby, the neediness of having a community? Like, how do you make sure that you can calm those feelings when you're disregarding women, but paying attention to something else? It's a good question. And, and everybody's different. So if the guy, like I was talking about that emotional scale, if the guy's higher on the emotional scale, it'll probably happen quicker. But if he's been living for years down in apathy, grief, and fear, and he's really stuck down on the bottom of that scale, especially apathy and grief, he's going to need to do some work. He's going to need to do some real cleaning up of his life in relationship to people. So for me, this does happen. I started dating and I got pretty good with women. I had a lot of dates. And then I realized I reached a point. So you could do this. I was pushing a lot to do this. I was pushing down my want saying, I'm going to go talk to her. I was pushing down my want and I'm going to go meet a girl. And then next thing you know, I, I had these dates. And then one night I didn't have a date and I was sitting there. I got it. And I was, God, let me call this girl. Let me call. And I just wanted somebody to come over. I was super lonely. And the fear of not having somebody over was making me to feel this sadness, this depression. Yeah. And then I realized the women I was dating weren't even the type of women I really wanted to be with long-term anyways. I was settling and I had all these women in my life and they were attractive. And I just sat there and I said, what am I doing? So I ended it with everybody. And that's when I started to date myself. And I set a four-month goal in that case to go, I was three or four months to take myself out on a regular basis and not invite women into it. You invited people into it, right? Or was this just completely... Uh, sometimes I do it alone and sometimes I invite other people. Okay. I'm asking because I'm an extrovert. And for me, like to go somewhere by myself just sounds like misery because I get energized by other people. I'm comfortable being by myself, but I don't enjoy it. I enjoy life much better with people in it. Well, here's the deal. I started to meditate a lot. I started to release a lot, release a lot. And I, so I went on a ski trip by myself. I went up to the mountains. I went, I would meet people, sure. I would talk to them, I'd joke with them, but I'd go back and I'd sit and be with myself. I'd learn to read, learn to relax. And that's what I had to learn to do after I'd had all these women in my life because every night I wanted one of them around me. So I had to stop for a little bit and release that fear of being alone. And think about it this way. If I can self-entertain, let's say I can go on a trip by myself and have a great time and I can really have a good time and I can really love my life it's so much easier to invite people into it and have a great time with them. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. They'll come, matter of fact, they come find you. Yeah. You're having a great time. People are like, hey, what, you know, they'll ask you a question. They'll pop over, they'll say something. You start to become interesting to people. And then when a woman walks over, and a lot of you guys can relate to this, a woman walks over and she says something to you or looks at you in a funny way. You don't go, oh, I got to stand perfect. I got to look right. I got to say this right. Oh, what, what should I say? You're just like, hey. I don't need her validation anymore. So what's up? 
and it just comes across natural. And if she it rejects me, think about how much better rejection is at that point. She rejects me. I'm like, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. I know. Different if somebody, if you were dating somebody long-term and they rejected you and broke up, that's different. You know, you've got this, all this invested energy, but you're letting, no matter how she looks, a woman that you just barely met determine your value and she doesn't know you at all. You know, she might've had a bad day that day. And so that's what this does. It helps to break that paradigm. Now, if you've never dated, if you've never had good dates, you're not good at dating, then maybe go out and work, get some dates first and get the sense of having women in your life and then let them go for a bit and then bring them back in from that new place of being. Some people can do this instantly. Some people need to do some deep inner work. My work is about deep inner work. It's about you learning to love you as a man. And here's the caveat to that. This is the part that's really important. When you start to learn to love you as a man, as a human being, as a person, you start to become giving to the world because you don't need as much from, you still enjoy validation. I love it when a woman notices me. That's not like I don't enjoy it. It's just- You don't need it to survive. Right. And so when you start to reach that point, that you don't need anything from other people, you start to become naturally more giving without expectation of return. And then people start giving to you like crazy and people want to help you like crazy. They want to be there with you like crazy because they can tell you're not trying to manipulate. And that's that's a powerful place. Now, the part I was trying to get to that I almost forgot is the type of people you draw into your life, male and female, skyrockets. Suddenly these women that like before I get these women that always wanted stuff from me because I wanted something from them. I was trying to manipulate them. They're trying to manipulate. It was this like push pull energy. And then next thing you know, these sweet, beautiful human beings started to come into my life that were giving to me. And it was awesome. I was like, Oh my God, the quality of people that I that drew in male and female, my good friends, guy friends all changed completely. And I was like shocked to look at the difference as I began to need less, I started getting more. And so this comes back to the simple principle. You don't get what you want, you get what you are. And so if you're wanting something, you have to convert that to choice. You have to convert that to beingness. If it stays in wanting, you'll constantly push away the thing you want. You might get to where you're getting beautiful women in bed, but none of them will be what you actually want. Or you might not get women at all. Some guys push them all away. Some guys get to the point where they get a bunch of sex, but then they're disappointed because all the women are, there's as much as they're trying to manipulate the women, the women are manipulating them. And so there's really no match. There's codependency and there's, you know, destructiveness. So all that starts to change as you empower yourself to become the best version of yourself. I mean, I look at my home now in Montana. I have a beautiful home here and I love it. I wouldn't have any of this, like let alone women without changing who I was. Oh, hundred percent. I should be living in a mobile home park. I mean, by all if you look at my history, it's, I should be sad, depressed, overweight, fat. I should be a mess. That's why I went so heavy into coaching rather than marketing because I needed all that work. Yeah, absolutely. Which is the better path to go down for you and for other people because then you pass it on to other people and then you also better yourself. Can I ask you the one final question? Mm-hmm. So what was the tipping point for you? Because I know you started reading right? That was your first step into seeing that there were other options out there. But like some people just, you said you should be in a mobile home right now. Like what happened for you that said this can change, that some people don't get that same message? Well, I was doing a lot of reading and several things. There were several little tipping points. Uh, Zan Perion always says, every great life has a great renunciation and usually several. And 
I had a bunch of those. And so one of them, I was working in an office job. I hated it. I was miserable. I was depressed. I lived for the weekends and the weekends were barely a recovery from the week. I didn't have any balls to speak of. I didn't stand up for myself. I just did what people told me to do. And uh, I found the Eckhart Tolle book and I started to listen to The Power of Now. And I just nonstop listened to that on audio and just listened, 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 listened. And I lived for it for a while. But I realized I was getting disassociated in the sense that I was just like trying to go into these meditative states to escape my life. And they worked, but then I didn't want to come out of them. I didn't want to come and live a life again. I was just like, if I could just go to an ashram and sit in this state, I, I probably would have done it at that time. But I had a lot of bills and a lot of debt. And so I didn't want to walk away from that. But I did end up moving into down the street to a yoga community with a bunch of beds. And I lived there for a bit and I was trying that out. And from there, I was just trying all kinds of different things. I was taking risks. I was losing money. I was paying bills late. I was like, okay, I got to do something. And this is where I started to step into tension. Yeah, I was reactively stepping into tension, trying anything at this time. Then I moved into this apartment with some friends and I didn't have much money, barely able to pay the rent. There's three of us in this place. One of them was really good with women and I wanted to watch him. And I met this girl. I was really pushing myself. I was out there watching all the pickup artistry stuff and I was just pushing, 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 trying everything. And this girl that played the violin down the street, I met her at the bar. And the way she looked at me one night, or like when I, I did something that I didn't even mean to do, I didn't even know what I was doing. Her necklace was stuck over here and there was a strap blocking it. And I just, I said, Hey, and I, for some reason I was trying to be more confident. I grabbed it. I slid the beat over, popped it back and said, yeah, that looks better. And I saw her eyes go bing. And she went, looked at me like, wow. And I was like, Oh, what does that look mean? And then I left and I was like, I think she liked me and ended up going on a date with her. And I fell head over heels and uh, dated her for a little while. It was insane. The sex was insane. I was just like, wow, there's something about this woman. And it all fell apart within a month. And all my horrible self-esteem issues came up. All my self-hate came up. All my nice guy syndrome that I was trying to fight against. Because underneath that is abandonment issues. All my abandonment issues came up. I was super insecure while we were dating. I'm going to lose this girl. How long is it going to last? And it was the worst. Still today, it's the worst breakup of my life. Not because I loved her the most, but because I was the most. All my insecurities came up and I had to face them. I went through three months or so of just the darkest depression after only being with her for like a month. And it was breaking me. And I was like, what is going on? And from that point on, I never want to go through this experience again. That doesn't mean I'm going to stop. That means I'm going to do more. And I realized it's all subconscious bullshit in my mind. And I said, I've got to clean that stuff up. I've got to clean up how I feel about myself. That's when I began my journey. I started taking workshops, pick up one-on-one back in the day, Lance Mason. I started pushing myself. I was out all the time and I was constantly reading books. While I was learning pickup artistry, I was reading books on how to clean up my subconscious mind and how to heal. And then I was, I became a hypnotherapist, ended up working in a hypnotherapy clinic. And I was still was growing, but not at the rate I wanted, but a lot was changing. The hypnotherapy really helped a lot as far as me understanding that, it, that partially about embodiment. And then from there, shortly thereafter, I was introduced to my mentor, Carl, who got me much deeper into my body. And really, it was brutal. It was a brutal four years of facing my deepest, darkest stories about myself from abandonment from childhood. And because it, when I looked back, I said, I don't have any really good memories from childhood. I don't have a lot of memories where I go, ooh, that was mostly pain. And so when I said that, I said, yep, it's, I got to clean it all up. So I really committed to that. That four years was a rough four years. 
but it was worth every minute. And so my work has become about taking that process and speeding it up for people. How can we, and adding more elements, I've added more tools, and how do I make it go faster and faster and faster so people can transmute internally? It's not about going out and learning to pick up a million women. It's not about going out and being, you know, there's guys out there, there are guys out there that are really good at teaching. If you just want to go have fun and party, there are guys that do that. They'll teach you to do that. They're not going to teach you how to change your self-esteem per se. You'll, you'll get it worked by doing that. But our goal is to get in there and really work on your self-esteem so that you're not just working on your relationship to women, you're working on your relationship to your personal power, money, creating a good life as a man. Yeah, which is everything. Yeah. I love it. Why don't you tell people about how to get in contact with you to find out if they do want to do some work with you? I'm not sure what your process is, but tell people. The website is thefearlessman.com. Go go check that out. There's all kinds of resources on there. You can even contact us. And if you want to talk to one of my coaches, I have, I have several coaches. They all have had a lot of training, by the way. I don't like to bring in coaches that I haven't put through a lot of the events multiple times. <laughs> Back in the day when I started there, you go, here's your event. Now you're a coach. <laughs> you went through one event. Now you're a coach. And I used to laugh you about that. You seem nice. Like, Be a coach for me. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You can make the people smile. Yeah. Get out there and work. So there's that. Uh, I have the YouTube channel. It's the uh, youtube.com slash the fearless man. And you can find just all kinds of resources on there. I, I do have a book out there. You can find that on the, I'm not going to post a link or anything special. Just if you want to find out, it's, I think they even ship it to you for free. At least we had that deal for a bit, but you can find that on the fearlessman.com. And it's just a book on the power of all this internal subcommunication stuff, the art of fearless seduction. But really in reality, the book is about deep level of embodiment and understanding all the different aspects. There's so many aspects to embodiment from your heart to your stomach, to your turn on, like you can connect people through your heart and open your heart to them and have curiosity and appreciation. You can connect from your stomach, which is where your power comes from. And your and then you can connect from your turn on, which is you can connect from all three at once. You can root, root into the ground and grab people's hands and calm them down through your embodiment. Because if you're grounded and you grab somebody's hand, they just relax. It's amazing to watch that happen. So that's when we get deeper into the embodiment principles that I think is is where the real work happens. And then, then when you say something, you say, hi, it comes from your body versus your head. Hi, oh, what's your name? Where are you from? Where you start to release tension. You start to say hi from your turn on and you start to say hi from curiosity. That all has a different effect. Totally. I have to have you come on and speak to my inner circle group because I think they would really, really gain from learning more about embodiment. Yeah, so after we finish this podcast, I'll talk to you about it because I think that would be great. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wrap up the show, but thank you so much for coming on. And thank you for doing this last minute. This was wonderful. This is actually better than the person who is going to, to be on. So I'm glad. <laughs> I apologize for all the sawing and the hammering in the back. No, but it's, hey, like, it's, 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 it's kind of relaxing, actually. It's like a little buzz in the background. It's totally fine. <laughs> well, hopefully everybody out there feels that way. Yeah. Well, I do. So who cares what anybody else thinks, right? If you come to Montana, if you come in the near future, I have two bedrooms, you, your husband, and you can all stay here. I would love that. I would love that. Trust me, I have been hearing so much about Montana. It's definitely a place that is on my list to go and visit. Yellowstone's not far, you know. I know. And we watch the show. We're obsessed with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yellowstone's filmed all over the place. They hear Utah everywhere, but the show, but the actual Yellowstone up there is, last time I was up there, I saw a grizzly bear with her two cubs. Oh my God. 
It was amazing. And then I was so beautiful. Just the other day, I saw two bald eagles. (gasps) I was out on the river fly fishing and I was like, there were two bald eagles sitting next to each other, cuddled up on a branch. It was, I was like, that is amazing. I was like, I've never seen a bald eagle before. There they are. There's two of them right there. That is unbelievable. Actually, we saw an eagle outside of our house. I was going to start making fun of California for a second and say, I saw a celebrity. Really? Culver City. There is weird nature at the back of my house. I'm right by a creek. And so we've had like a family of ducks march through our backyard. We have beautiful June bugs that go back there, but we've seen a couple of eagles flying, not bald eagles, but eagles like flying over our house, which I think is pretty cool. I think they're golden eagles in California. I'm not sure they might be golden eagles. Okay. I think so. There's a certain type of eagle that is common in California. I believe it's uh, golden, but they're usually not in the city. They're out in nature, so... There's some, I don't know, something about our backyard. I don't know. We It's just a ton, a ton of nature. But again, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, You're wonderful as always. I love that we reconnected and that I reached out to you again because you are a wonderful person. You're doing really good work. So I invite and, everybody and who's so listening to this podcast. Oh, thank you. Uh, anybody who's listening to this podcast, please go check out Brian at thefearlessman.com. I encourage you to schedule a phone call with somebody from his team and talk about... Or if you want to check out more stuff, go to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash thefearlessman, sign up, subscribe, and... Yeah. You know, you'll see lots of good content on there. And if you, you decide you still like me, you know, you, could, you can click on some link from there or something. Go from there. There you go. I love it. All right. Well, you guys are awesome. As always, we will see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>